Garrigan, Daggy, and uh, the Barney's. Say Barnster. Close enough. Uh, Barnyard, Close how enough. are you, mate? He's risen off his deathbed. I've been half crook, sick kids, flat out working between. Yeah, little, um, little pale it's and been, sweaty, eh? as you can probably see. But, ghostly um, grey, there he is on screen. For everyone watching on YouTube. Uh, yeah. How are you travelling? You all right? Yeah. Um, I'll get there. The pretty chronic headache and... I've done nothing but sleep for the last sort of two days when when I can, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be right back to work tomorrow and soldier on. They fucking desperate for drivers in there, so I'll go in and do some of that. Do you want to give a plug if anyone wants to wants a job? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you know, I've a funny way. story actually. I've had some clients come in that used to work there, and a couple they of were, years ago, they were not I? complimentary in the slightest. Yeah, things have changed in there recently. I mm. don't know what's going on, to be honest. But Anyway, we'll try and avoid you getting fired, so we'll move on. Yeah, but, uh, please. Apologies in advance that uh, it may not be the most uh, riveting show we've ever done. But welcome aboard if it's your first time. Uh, try again next week. Uh, of course, you can buy some of our merch that <laughs> Barnes wearing. You can uh, subscribe on YouTube. Leave some feedback, as always. We've got Insta, Threads, and Facebook. Still on X, so you can find us there. Uh, but we'll get straight to the news, I guess. Where do we start up and down here? Let's start with Sheensy, hey, Barn? <laughs> right, why not? Um, yeah, what can you say? Uh, was he pushed, do you reckon? Uh, apparently, his management contacted the club and said he'd had enough. Yeah, okay. Enough of probably being pushed. Seems- Seems more, yeah. Seems more to me that there might have been somebody in the background telling him it was probably a good idea that they part ways. But it's amazing how yeah. often where there's smoke, there's an inferno at the Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. Just another one, another situation to add to the to the um, entirety of this year for the Tigers. Um, at least I guess at least it happens now. You probably can't. The club can't get really any lower than what they've done in the last sort of two years. So they found a way this year. Hopefully, if they clear some clear some shit out here, and um, Benji, I guess, gets a a brand new start going into the next year. So, I'm just tired of talking about it, but it happened today. The only thing, have you ever seen a more schizophrenic sporting association than the West Tigers? Though, like, one year it's a five year gun ho, we're all in. This is where we're going. They didn't even last the end of the season on a five year plan. Surely, wouldn't you at least say, right, this is where we're going. We're sticking to our guns. The kids are coming through. Like, it's just my biggest concern is you're now back to square one again, as we are every 18 months, because they've actually built not a bad squad. With a bit of luck, they probably should have won more games. But they've now got two and a half, three new halves coming next year, a new coach, uh, some key players leaving. Uh, some key players going to be injured for a key player going to be injured for most of the year. You're starting from scratch again, so it, you're starting out next year to be where we were 12 months ago, and I still say, well, hopefully in two years' time they'll have a decent side. In that two years, Clemmer's old. All of a sudden, they want to move Clemmer on because he'll be 33, and they want to move someone else on because he's 34. And Bateman will have had enough. Come for somebody else. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you say? No, I feel for you, mate. Just, you've described it pretty well there. Um, the schizophrenic situation, <laughs> club. They just they seem to go from lurch from one problem to the next, and it's um, what probably this would be good ten to fifteen years now. It's been happening every year and a half, two years. So it's definitely some some big issues at the top of that place. 
And that's it. It's simple as that. A decade now, there's one constant, and that's the top of the place. And until either Wests completely buy them out and just fuck them all off, which apparently will never happen, uh, they wish they'd done it 10 years ago because at least I'd have been one direction, uh, or until they finally come to their senses and ask me to run the joint, hashtag daggy time, <laughs> hashtag save us daggy, uh, we're going to be coming round and round in circles again, but... I am available. All right, cool. <laughs> well, uh, we get to the next news, which uh, another crack of this one is: Davida Pengai Junior has retired to pursue a boxing career. Barn, how excited are you for his mm. boxing career, Barn? Uh, he's definitely got some skill in the ring. Uh, I've seen him previously get in there. Uh, obviously, he hasn't fought anyone of note at the moment, but. Um, he seems to probably have a higher level of skill than most of the footballers that jump in the ring. So um, it's disappointing if that's the last game of footy that we see from him because he, he did have a lot of um, skill. Uh, not that he continually showed it, but um, he did have, you know, he had all the skill sets to tear a game apart, which he did a couple of times during his career, but um, really would have liked to have seen him knuckle down and put out a full season. Whether he goes away for 12 months and then comes back and finds another club is another story altogether. Uh, that's probably the way I'd be thinking that might end up happening. Yes, 12 <laughs> Don't worry about might. Comes back. Is, are the under over is round 16 at the Roosters next year. <laughs> Dead set. Round 12 through 6, somewhere between 12 and 16, he'll either sign for the Roosters or the Storm and off they go. For yeah, half the no, price and there they go. Probably. Probably not wrong there, but um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll um, I'll follow him pretty closely in the boxing ring. I, as you as you know, and most of the listeners know, I'm pretty pretty big fan of the boxing. Uh, and I do watch, do keep an eye on a lot of the um Australian stuff as well as the overseas things, uh, the overseas bouts. So yeah, I think he'll probably make a pretty good name for himself. And in, straight heavyweight in boxing circles. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a straight heavyweight. He'd go. Um, he's got Sonny Bill in his corner apparently. So. Um, I dare say he'd probably have some similar sort of record to Sonny Bill if he does stick, if he sticks to it and actually trains his trains the way he needs to to be a boxer. Yeah, I think he'd um, go all right. I can't imagine you walk away from three quarters of a million a year without a plan, without an offer somewhere on the table. No, you wouldn't think it'd be so. a three fight deal for five hundred or something. Yeah, three or four fights, I'd imagine, would be already in the pipeline. Yeah. Maybe a hundred grand to start and then see where he goes from there. But um, yeah, the, his first fight or two is probably not going to make him a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I imagine, but that said, I'm sure he'll make more than the average first fight, uh, a lot yeah. more. But as I said, I'd be shocked if he's not playing NRL by the next year, probably at a significant club on a significantly reduced wage. Yes. Yeah, someone, at least half, I would imagine. Well, yeah, he'll come in and on the bench for someone and about to top make the top six and they'll offer him 150 or two and off we go. But anyway, if I can see it happening, we'll see if Ian steps in. Uh, no, wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I mean, what is the state of Australian heavyweight boxing? It's not really the strong point, is it? No, definitely not. No, wouldn't you? You saw how far um, Gallon got through the ranks realistically and he wasn't the greatest boxer in the world. Had a ton of heart, but... Um, you know, decent skill set, but um, yeah, there's only really the top one or two guys in the Australian heavyweight ranks that 
would be um you know make a name for themselves out there so saw the missus head <laughs> pop in the door there <laughs> uh we'll move on i'll just let that one go through the keeper um Payne Haas of Petwell let's get through the signing is actually the mail is Payne Haas will resign at Brisbane for 1.2 cool the <laughs> Tino and Fafita have both resigned at the Titans one for three years Tino for a decade apparently on similar to one mil uh, which is very interesting I still struggle to get my head around the fact that a million bucks uh, any props worth a million bucks apparently for yeah. Tino yeah, I mean, if they, and I suppose if they're the if they're the two commanding that, that's probably fair enough. Uh, but it's a big investment in a position who's you know, and, and they are in the conversation for the two best props in the game. And I think it even it sounds a little bit bigger now as well because of the increase in the salary cap. That's whereas, right. Like relatively, this money's probably around the eight fifty to nine hundred yeah, mark yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yep. Which guys are sort of on at the moment. Uh, I saw someone doing some calculations the other day and Payne's money is, at the moment is about eight and a half percent of the salary cap. And it's similar numbers when you, um, you know, expand it out to what the increase in the salary cap yeah. comes to. And that makes a lot of sense. And, but, and that's exactly what we said was going to happen anyway. No, that's right. Uh, and what they wanted to happen. Um, all fair enough signings. Good, good for the Titans. Very good for the Titans. Yeah. And fantastic for the Broncos. Uh, and CSCOR is officially coming back. Uh, he's been released. Has he officially signed with the Bulldogs? Is that a done deal? Not that I know of. But I, all I know sure is he's coming back. So. He's all but signed. I believe that's the most likely destination, but I would not be disappointed if he lobbed a, at a certain nutbag club. Anyway, my old, my man's back, so that's nice. Uh, it's always nice to have it. be interesting to see what Nicky comes back in. Yeah. I've, I've, I must confess I don't follow UK at all, so good no. to hear. Either. He was very good before he went, though. Uh, injury news. Marshall King's season's over. Tanner Boyd's season's over. Aaron Clark's season's over. Mitch Moses' season's over with a broken cheekbone, which apparently he played with for about half hour before they realised what was going on. Yeah, um, before he copped another knock on it. Yeah, yeah so yeah, kudos to him for trying that. Uh, Lumelu, Bromwich, Hammer all out this week with HIAs. Foran's out this week. Hastings looked in trouble, but it's been named this week. They're going to monitor the syndesmosis. Hmm. Yeah, they, re- they reckon the um, scar tissue might have saved him, apparently, yeah, from right. what I've heard. Um, it's because it wasn't as flex- It didn't bend as much because of the scar tissue that was there. So Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> from well, his um, last one with um, Paddy. It was, it was It was very sad. I, I hoped his season didn't end the same manner twice in a row because... He's been absolutely brilliant for them and uh, just really comes across as someone who just needed a, needed a bit of love the other just way. Absolute goer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, judiciary news. Preston, a couple of weeks for that. And Ray Stone, two weeks for – well, he took two weeks. It would have been a fine, but he's injured. He's out for the season actually as well. So um, he accepted the two weeks rather than paying the fine for that shot uh, on the four. Oh, yeah, I suppose if your season's over, it doesn't yeah, really matter, yeah. does it? Whatever, it's not the same as, <laughs> as the Madison. It's a bit of a rough thing. one too because um, it was one of those ones where the guy's gone from being, you know, a five-foot target to a two-and-a-half-foot mm. target in a split second and cop him in the head, which, yeah. Exactly. Um, but, you know, all means not a lot right now, does it? Anything else no. you want to talk about? No, not really. Um, the Warriors, I think they named the uh, 
the stadium over there after Daniel Anderson for this weekend. Oh, I'm that, not sure yes, it's an it ongoing is. thing. It is a Daniel, Daniel Anderson, Anderson round, round, I believe. And yeah. there were some additional internationals named this uh, announced this week. Uh, in the first week, Australia versus Samoa at Townsville. That's a, this is in October, mid October, and then Australian women versus New Zealand women. Uh, PNG versus Cook Islands, Samoa versus Fiji in the women. Week two, Samoa and New Zealand, the women, uh, Samoa and uh, New Zealand and Tonga, Fiji and Cook Islands, PNG and the Cook Islands females. In the week three, we get the Anzac test and the corresponding women's Anzac test, uh, as well as PNG and Fiji, as Barney nearly kills himself there on a high chair. Uh, and the final takes place at Hamilton in New Zealand, Melbourne Cup Week. I like a little bit of footy into the back end of the season. I think it doesn't hurt. I know the players aren't particularly fans, but no World Cup. There'll be a nice enough break afterwards, I would suggest. Uh, and ultimately, it was all agreed with as part of the CBA, I'm told. So whatever. You also need to unmute yourself there, David. Yes, that helps. Mm. It's always interesting to see how the international teams stack up at the end of the year. Um, do like a bit of international football being played at the back end of the, the year, and it sort of breaks things up as well. You get, yeah. Obviously, we um pretty desperate for footy coming around that time anyway. So, you know what else happens around that time is you join us on show us your tips and sit in and we drink beer and find all the winners of the Melbourne Cup. Make card. up stories about the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, on which I tipped the top the first four last year. Fun fact, but uh, yeah, yeah anyways, right. let's move on. I think we've plugged everything. We've uh, rabbled it on. Let's review some footé. Said footé. Oh, is there something else you want to yeah. talk about? No, no, I was, I was going to mention some off-field stuff, but no. no don't I, I want really. to hear what you have to say. Oh, it's the, the, Hass, um, the Hass family situation again. Oh, right. The, yeah. the younger brother now facing some pretty serious charges with um, drug importation. So. Yeah, what was that, a million of ice or something? Yeah, and more meth, I think it was. But um, it's it's crazy. He's obviously come from a pretty troubled family, the young fella. And um, it, it is amazing. He's done well, th- I think, to keep his head screwed on as well as he has. It is amazing to think that he's probably like something would have to go wrong for me not to name him as the best prop I've ever seen in 10 years. Like he'd have yeah, to yeah, yeah. do an Achilles and never be able to walk track, again absolutely. or something. Uh, yep. Assuming he doesn't go anywhere and he's just re signed for Brisbane. Um, he will be the best prop I've ever seen play, if he's not already. But you know, obviously longevity is a big thing in that. And to come from that background is is a, a more credit to him. And as you said, cop things like getting booed at Suncorp last year and uh, being questioned and this and that, uh, to, to, to just be the best and the biggest and the strongest and the toughest and the fastest in minute, in minute out every week is is phenomenal. Yeah, he's obviously got a very um very strong mindset and, and desire and will to do what he does. So. Anything else? No, just a bit disappointing, obviously, especially for his family and everything else. But um, it's just a, a link that they love to use in the news to um to make it you know get a few more clicks and whatever. Just link link their surnames. Of course, um, but that's is what it is. Media in uh, in clickbait land. All right. Back to Friday night, 24-12. The Panthers beat the Seagulls in a very, very entertaining game of rugby league that uh, was unfortunately perhaps the tide turned on the back of a couple of decisions and a couple of stupid playing decisions. Uh, but what did the stats say, first of all? 
Yeah, we had um, two two tries to four, two out of two conversions, played three out of four for Penrith, one out of one penalty attempt, and a missed field goal attempt for Penrith. 78% completion, played 84%, which led to 545-plus running metres. For Penrith, five line breaks to three, 41 tackle bus for Manly, 39 for Penrith, eight offloads to seven, a forced dropout from both teams, 345 tackles played, 321. 12 errors from Manly, 10 from Penrith, six penalties conceded to four, three ruck infringements to four. Daily Cherry Evans with 96 supercoach points, Garrick with 80, and then another Manly player before you got down to Brian Toto on 77. I really enjoyed this game, and I thought uh, whether it was DCE, whether it was Seabold, whether it was Flanagan, they came here with a game plan to try and beat Penrith. They knew they couldn't, if they just sat here and wrestled and arm wrestled and tried to, you know, withstand the the deep water, it wasn't going to happen. So they went out, they, they had early movement, they chanced their arm. Uh, DC was very, very clever in his kicking game for the first half where he kicked basically into the ground and made Taruva and Tua have to wait and wait and wait, which gave the defensive line time to close the broken field and really shut their metres down. Uh, and I thought it was fantastic to watch. And I thought uh, Manly executed it very, very well, bar maybe 158. And uh, unfortunately, points, you know, on the back of what was a knock-on ultimately and admittedly for play the ball in between. And then uh, some dumb decisions in the back end cost them. But um, I, I was I was impressed by Manly in, a, in a, you know, a losing effort. It was one of the better performances of the weekend, I thought. But what do you make of us, Mike? Yeah, much the same, mate. Um, very desperate effort from Manly. Obviously, they went out of their way to do everything they could to win this game. Uh, meant a lot for their season. I really like the way they up, they did upset Penner's rhythm, as you said, um, kicking in, making them uh, track back a long way to get, and you know, taking meters off their back back men. Uh, consistent early shifts out wide, which sort of caught them. They did they caught Penner a couple of times mm-hmm. early. Uh, on, Definitely on the back foot and turned them around and inside out. And it was only from some good scramble that probably saved a couple of tries from Penrith as well, uh, from Manly as well in that first half. Um, even Penrith's first try came from the back foot. That was just Crichton pinching the ball as yep. he does. He's he's a good little thing. he's a good little um, thief with the football. That bloke I was four or five intercepts. I think he's taken this year. So it's probably one of the better ones. Um, obviously, the big turning point was the. The kicking jewel that Garrick decided he wanted to try. I'm pretty sure he was going for the 2040, to be honest. Well, and he's just I, I saw that said. Field. And given the fact Saab was on his back foot, it makes me think maybe that's correct because, like Saab, like Saab had now, you'd think if you if the plan was to kick early, Saab would be off and gone because he's their best hope of yeah, something happening. And and he was, I think if it was almost like to... he went, oh fuck, that's my job. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I just I don't think he got it across there far enough. Because um, really, if you're going to try and do that, I think you would have been better off to kick straight, mm. straight, uh, straight back down the field. Because obviously, you're getting more meters if the whole idea is to try and you know play a play a game of foursomes back, which they haven't done for a long time. They used to love back in the day, but um, the kids still yeah, play that. I, I'm pretty sure he, pretty sure he just dragged it back in. Who's that? The kids. Foursomes back. Uh, yeah. Don't know if it's on the switch. I, I suppose. Said, yeah, what I a game it was. Right in, tell us. They used to, the, the kicking jewels used to be um, yeah, on for all money mm. back in, what, the 80s, 90s. They used to love just fullbacks kicking it back and forward between each other. But mm. 
the big problem with the kick was, as you said, Saab was on the back foot. And by the time they got down there, it was only him and Garrick that got there. And um, and it's broken field. It was two and three other blokes and broken, you know, a broken defensive line. Penrith did well to shift it out and then back in. And Taruva just, you know, carved through three or four blokes, left them standing there, <laughs> made them look silly. Um, but if that chase is better, it's probably a different result. Any other key moment was uh, making a break on the first and Schuster deciding just to kick it away. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. Some, that some was very sharp, too, wasn't um, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, and he, threw it away, and that led almost directly to points. Rather than taking the tackle and you know setting up to go again, he's, he's gone all in on the on the first play and stuffed that up for him. Yeah, did not help at all. Uh, Penrith really closed out the game in the second half. They went back to their high completions and aggression in the middle of the field, and yeah, they um. They, they did well once they got back in front, but it was a really long fight to get to where they did. Yeah, it was, it was uh, sort of um, normal business resume second half. There wasn't a lot of intent otherwise, and I think once once the wrestle was over, Penrith just went through the gears, and that was it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I thought um, Jakey Trevojevic and Bullymore were decent. Croker and Hamole were, were good. Uh, throw Saab in there. Saab in there as well. He was good. Um, Garrick was very strong. Uh, Sipley had his best game of first grade in a long time, I thought. Uh, he was fantastic in this game, and so was DCE. He was great. Um, back five for Penrith were all good. They generally are. But um, Crichton, Toto, and Taruva were the standouts of the back five. Um, Fish and Sorensen were very good. Cleary was um, Cleary's kicking game was really came to the fore in the second half, and I thought, um, you know, he got them out, out of a bit of trouble there, and he was his kicking was fantastic, but... For mine, Yo was the man of the match. I thought Yo was in everything again. Uh, some really nice short ball playing as well as all the work that he does in the middle of the field. So. I don't have an argument with that. I think DCE is worth a two. I gave him two, yeah. And, and then uh, I probably gave Taruva the one. Uh, exactly what I was going to say. So let's finish on that. Up near 200 and something metres. and yeah, Do you think Dangerous can, most of the time. Can, can you see teams having the balls to try and... Like it's, it's the sort of teams that do it that have nothing to lose. Can you see a team trying this clutch? In a I can see a, uh, someone like Brisbane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the trick is to make him chase too. So as you like said, Crichton intercept that Crichton intercept. If he doesn't take that, they nearly score. Uh, yes, you, you've got to try and lead twelve mil against Penrith and make them chase, and then they don't quite feel as comfortable, and they just couldn't yeah, convert. This sort of game plan really suits Brisbane, in my opinion. You've got Walsh on the sweep, which, um, you know, it gets the ball out to those edges really quickly. Um, Reynolds has got a lovely little short kicking game, so he could mix it up with some chip kicks or grabber kicks in behind the line to try and, you know, with the likes of Katoni and um, Cobbo and that chasing through the middle, trying to pick up the ball. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it probably lends itself best to the Broncos. Yeah, because when you're Penrith... And you you do what you do. Stage fright is the best thing that can happen to your opponent. <laughs> like if they just sit and wait, you're not going to make mistakes. You're going to you've been there, done it, and it's not a big deal. Whereas to get there and have the balls to throw it round takes some takes some doing. Melbourne now, if they get you know the right situation, could happen as well. But anyway, uh, interesting game, a lot of fun. Uh, we move on to Friday night where Happy Barney was in play despite a. Being angry, Barney, for being stuck at work all day. 36-6, the Sharks got over the Titans uh, with some very good execution. Um, look, essentially, let's not mince words. They pretty much blew the Titans off the park here, Barney. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely they did. Uh, seven tries to one, four out of seven conversions, played one out of one for the Titans. 83% completion, 90% completion for the Titans. So that probably makes the, the numbers look even a little bit better. 530 plus running meters, nine line breaks to two, 58 tackle busts for Cronulla, 36 for the Titans. 10 offloads to eight, one forced dropout from both teams. 349 tackles played 351, seven errors to six. Me, uh, seven errors, six, six penalties conceded to five, five ruck infringements to one, and a sin bin to the Titans. Molotalo with 110 supercoach points, Ramian with 109. Did Dana Guinness finally get him 100... on the field or did he forget to sub him in? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> I'm not sure. McGuinness with 104 and Tino with 105. I think it's probably close to the best overall performance from the Sharks for a long time, maybe the entire season, really. Um, their defence was much better. You mentioned last week, though, the physicality, and they bought it again this week. Yeah, they were definitely up for the fight uh, with this one, uh, especially, yeah, physically, as you mentioned. There's, it was the best the forwards have gone this year, I think, as a pack. Um Pretty much every one of them had a, a pretty um, pretty rugged performance in this one and really got in and got dirty, which um, generally during the year you've only seen sort of two or three of them go go at one time, whereas they all all went together as a, as a pack in this one. Um, they seem to have a bit of a predetermined plan to go to the right-hand side of uh, the Titans, of the Titans' uh, defense, so the left-hand side in attack, which they generally do like to go out to the left anyway because you've got Talakai and Mulatalo out there, but... Um, as soon as they broke that open early in the game, they just went, continually went back there and absolutely traumatised. Um, I think it was Brian Kelly out there and, and the blokes that were surrounding him. So um, I'm a little disappointed with the Tino try. That was a pretty soft missed tackle there by Hines and a couple of guys that didn't really sort of get in behind there. But it was a good run from Tino and, he, you know, he's generally good for that a couple of times in a game. So um, the defence was really... Uh, just heaps better. They limited the opportunities. They they shut down Campbell pretty effectively. Um, when when they got to the edges, they weren't. Um, there was no one rushing out of the line like they usually is. Or, or if they did rush out, they all went together. It was um yeah. They just seemed a lot more in sync. Probably helps when the Titans weren't exactly at their best in attack either. But um, yeah, they they really limited the the opportunities for the Titans. I thought Trindle. Played a fantastic game. Some of his ball playing was um, really nice at the line. And again, that's two weeks in like a row. He's starting, to settle he's, in. Um, he's starting to look at home, and here yep. it is. Like here it is. You run with it now, Sharks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Talakai with a couple of lovely catch and passes for Ronaldo to score his double. Um, yeah, as I said, I just really like the physicality out of the pack from the Sharks. It was, um, and that's something that they're going to need if they are going to be com- to be competitive down the track. Campbell and Sammy were the best of the back five, caused a, a couple of opportunities for the Titans. Boyd and Jolliffe had good games. David Fafita was very good again, and Tino was by far the best Titan on the field. Uh, Talakai and Tracy Nakora were good. Wade Graham was good again. Um, good to see him score in his 250th match as well. <laughs> just a little and despite, yeah, ball, actually, that, just but... on that, it was... Um... Oh, sorry, finish your sentence. We should let you get that far. <laughs> now go on. I thought it was really well done what they did with the 250 game and great to see him score in the, with his daughter and uh, plenty yeah. and plenty of treat. Wanted Pelix wanted to piss in his pocket the next day and over the weekend and, and deservedly yeah. so. Like, obviously, he must just be a great bloke. So, 
Beautiful little double pump there by Trindle to put him over with the short ball. He just had to fall over the line, which he would have enjoyed immensely, I would imagine. Um, Nico, Trindle and Militano were all very good, but I thought Ramian and McGuinness were the best two players out there. They were brilliant. Uh, you, again, another thing, but it's time to just go chips in with McGuinness. Let him play 80. Let him do what he does. Let him captain the side if it means Nico's in a better headspace because uh, he's a bloke... <laughs> end of the day, he's the heart and soul of the team. And he's done it for geez, years at George, it and you exactly. knew what was going to happen. I'm surprised it took him so long to get him up, to get the minutes out of him, to be honest. But. I know, and I know he came back from essentially missing 18 months of footy, so, but yeah. here he is now. Uh, yeah. Uh, Connor Tracy, good. Yeah, yeah, he's filling in quite well. Uh, doesn't really suit that sweep as much as um, Kennedy, but. He's got a few other attributes. He's a better broken field player and and say slightly more direct, but just a better tackle breaker rather than a sweeper. A lot more direct, I would Mm. would say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But good signs. And and now we're heading towards this world where we've got, what, half a dozen four points games essentially coming up where they're going to decide something. Yeah, a big one tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. And I think they've got the Raiders, they've got the Knights and the Raiders. So. If they win all three, then they deserve a deserved top four spots from where they've come from. So, um, yeah, how bad they were going a couple of weeks ago. Um, I gave McGinnis the man of the match. I had Ramian for the two points, and then I gave Tino the one. Uh, Trindle a, and Graham notable mentions. But. We we are in step again there, Barn. Friday wrapped up with fifty four ten. Talk about getting blown off the field, but this was this was a premiership team making a premiership statement here. Even though Parramatta it's the best are performance far from, of the weekend, but this this Absolutely. was outstanding. This was it started physical, and power up for the physical for about twenty minutes, but then it just the gates opened. And this is the sort of thing you see every year from your Penriths and Melbournes and whoever's going to win the comp, your Roosters. Back in the day. They start open, really putting the foot down, and and everything's right. And this was it. About a month out. Yeah. About a month out. Anyone that's floating around the bottom of the eight, they just come out and fucking kill them. And everyone just goes, "Oh yeah, that's right. They'll probably win the comp." Uh, what did the stats say first of all? Nine tries to two, eight out of nine conversions, one out of two for the Eels. Uh, one out of one penalty attempt for the Broncos. Seventy-seven percent completion, played seventy-four. 559 plus running meters and 87 plus post contact meters for the Broncos. 12 line breaks to three, 46 tackle bus to 24, 16 offloads to 11. A forced dropout from both teams, two 40 20s from the Broncos. Lovely kicks, too. One from Reynolds and Walsh. 209 tackles played, 334, 11 errors apiece, six penalties conceded to eight, two inside the tens against the Eels. Dean Mariner with 132 supercoach points. Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> um, Capewell with 126. Walsh with 123. And then Dylan Brown was on 87. Who do I want to rave about first? I've already raved about Payne House, so we'll leave it there. But dead set, Pat, if you told me Pat Carrigan's the best forward in the game, in fact, I'd often tell you that, uh, I wouldn't would. deny it. He was he, in that early before. physical part section of the game. Those two were just up for it. And it was it was their show to start it, yeah, and fuck, they were great to watch. Uh, and that's uh, and kudos to Para for getting up there. Your Paulo tried to match him, and Co. But once once the vow broke, that was it. Uh, where do you even start? Who do you want to start with? Walsh? Do you want to start with the percenters? Do you want to start with 
I thought Capewell had the best game he's played in a long time. Mm. I actually thought Capewell was probably close to the best player on the field. Mm -hmm. Destructive ball in hand, um, some really good defence. But yeah, as you said, against a team fighting for their season, for the Broncos to come out and just completely dominate a game for a good hour, like Parody sort of got back into it in the last 10 minutes because Brisbane had basically just left the kill on the side of the road and walked away from it. They'd absolutely demolished them. It's I don't know how Parramatta continually get caught out on an edge. Like they do it, it ha- every we, game. We've talked about this for every four years. Game. It, it has and to it be coaching time structure. And time again. It has, it has to be to coaching be. structure because it doesn't matter who they put like, there, they, and they throw Paul Wingers to the. This year they've thrown Paul Wingers to the to the Wolves on four or five occasions, yeah. like debutants. Like I know a lot of tries come out of there every weekend. You know, mm. every game, but to be stripped so far, like where there's nobody around, like. 10 metres within the bloke who's putting the ball down. It's just alarming. Um, but that didn't happen. Like, that didn't happen just out of it happening. It happened because the Broncos absolutely kicked the front door in and were running straight through the middle of them as well. <laughs> the, the defence was just completely shot all over the place. Um, yeah, I, they looked lost. Like they looked like they had absolutely no idea what to do against this Brisbane side. But this this is when you have when you have a frantic team, uh, and when your leaders are and your leaders imprint themselves as a seven team, and their leaders are frantic, uh, Gutho and Moses, and at their yes. best, they're brilliant. Not a knock on them, but when when you need to get into the trenches, Gutho, great trench player, but he's a great last line of trench where someone else has to help mm-hmm. and they just don't have a forward leader that's going to go right well I'm going to put a hit on someone or I'm going to try and drag us back here even like a Horsburgh, someone like that that's just going to turn around and it's a very very s- slow ship to to try and turn around and, and for this team it's impossible for the Parramatta team yeah, Well they couldn't slow Brisbane down at all like they were just playing the ball whenever the at whatever speed they felt like at the Brisbane side, and in on the opposite to that, Parramatta were getting knocked flat on their back. Mm. Like when they were running into the line, they were getting absolutely belted onto their backs, and yeah, they they couldn't get any speed in the play of the ball, any momentum at all. I think they've only won one game in the last eight or nine weeks, Parramatta. So you throw in a, a buy as well. They're um their forms reading pretty poorly. Uh, at the moment, I, I know they're missing, and we're about a, we're only about a month away from our starting our season reviews, and I've got some ideas on that. I might try and get some fans from each team oh, to, yeah. to join us nice. and um, give their thoughts. So we do like a separate one for each team yeah, and yeah. have some educated people join us along the way. Uh, but back to here, I have grave concerns for next year because I know they're missing Lane and RCG, but I don't think there's any upside to this squad. Doesn't look that way. I, th- I think the pinnacle was last um, year. Assi maybe has got a little bit of upside to him, but um, yeah, it's it's, a, it's worrying. When we talk about upside, um, yeah, as well, most of the the pool's empty. We've now got this extra team. Who does anyone sign anymore? Yeah. Like even if of any of these teams really. want to sign someone, who's out there? Like I said, you, you're looking for the Tafts of the world. Yep. Excuse me. Um, yeah, Parramatta's, most of Parramatta's opportunities just got knocked flat on their back. And Brisbane were just that good. It's hard to say how good they were. They just, 
Um, I thought Assi was Assi and Offer were pretty good. Lusick was okay um, out of dummy half. Not sure what Hands has done. I know they like Lusick because well they went and signed him. So I feel like I feel like Arthur Sorry, doesn't entirely. I feel like Arthur, whether it's a conscious thing, whether it's a protection thing, I don't think he wants to throw young blokes to the wolves or whether he just doesn't yeah, okay. trust young blokes. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to cl- – because as you've, we've seen a few edge debutants, as I referenced earlier, have one game and then you never see them again. And they can't be that that bad yeah, to true. go through a whole system and then only play one game. Yeah, Junior Paulo and Hopgood were were very good. Um, Brown tried extremely hard, but and was their best. But he was, he was on his own most of the night. Kerrigan, Palacio were really good in limited minutes. Um, got a bit of a rest there for Kerrigan, a bit more less time than usual, but he was still fantastic. Uh, Hass, Walters, and Herbie were very good. Reynolds and Walsh were great. Uh, they you know they conduct that attack so well these days and the beneficiaries were Kate Will and Mariner off the back of it. Um, they were awesome. Yeah. Tries everywhere. So. Yeah. Uh, not much more to add. I, I love watching my f- just about my favorite team to watch them in Newcastle at the moment. Uh, they've got every aspect covered and they are the right team to beat Penrith. It's whether, as I said, they're going to shit the bed, but they've got the right people in place not to. Uh, I can't imagine yep. Reynolds, Haas, Carrigan being players that aren't going to be up for a, a prelim or a grand final. Uh, and as you say, if they play that game plan, they're going to execute better than a manly backline. With they will score points if they have that much possession and open Penrith up as much as they can. Those centres are scoring. You would think so. Yeah. Uh, do they win the comp? <laughs> it's a simple question. Are we down to two now? They can. I still don't think they do, but they'd be the best chance of all. Warriors are still a chance, but they'd need to be at their absolute best. So does anyone who's going to be playing Penrith. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're three to Walsh, two to Reynolds, one to Haas. Oh, Capel, I think you have sorry. to give Kate Will points. She, and if you want to actually... Like Kate Will points. If you want to give Capel more than that, actually, I'm okay with that. He was... Yeah, yeah. Go to two to Kate Will. One to Reynolds. Wonder Reynolds. Yeah. Fuck. What are you doing? Payne Haas was amazing. Yeah. So it was Walsh. But it doesn't really happen if <laughs> if Reynolds doesn't get him around the field, does it? Let's go Walsh, Capel, Reynolds. Yeah, let's do that. I already mentioned to the other 10. <laughs> well, it, it's you know, and, and this is a wrap on them because it's Penrith syndrome now. Like I said last week, if you picked it, if you threw Who anyone you out there, uh, yeah. I wouldn't argue with you. You're right, Absolutely. keep going. Feeling good? Yeah, mate. Feeling ready? Don't need a Barocca? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, the Saturday kicked off 26-14. Bunnies over Dragons in an uninspiring, largely uninspiring Wasn't effort. It? But, uh, and... Again, a bit of luck could have gone differently, but uh, they managed to get through the Cairns trip. And what did the stats say? Yeah, both teams put in plenty of effort, I thought, but um, just didn't seem, nothing seemed to come off for both teams for big parts of the game. Four tries to three, four out of four conversions for South, one out of three for the Dragons, one out of one penalty attempt for South. 
63% completion played 69%, 390 plus running meters and 86 plus post-contact meters for South Sydney. Five line breaks to two, 32 tackle busts to 23, nine offloads to five, two force dropouts to zero, 308 tackles made by South Sydney, 335 made by the Dragons. 16 errors to 11, three penalties conceded to five, one ruck infringement against the Dragons, one inside the 10 against Souths. Walker with 81 supercoach points, Trell with 81 supercoach points. Three other players before you got down to Suli from the Dragons on 59. The execution wasn't their friend in this game. Uh, but ultimately, as we've seen with Souths, it only takes out one pass and everything clicks. And they keep doing it and they keep winning. So can't necessarily knock that, uh, but I would have been scared to see what, for example, Brisbane would have done to Souths this week in this uh, in this form. Yeah, they just could not seem to hit that last pass for the majority of the, the, the night. Both sides um, <laughs> couldn't just could not cash in when it mattered. Um, Walker had some some nice tra- some nice passes and Trell chimed in a couple of times. Really nice individual efforts, like the where uh, amazing climbed above assist, yeah. the jump and then the you know the the offload when he's almost on the ground and yeah, a couple of nice um some nice passes to put blokes down the sideline, but um. They just seem to get bogged down way too much in the middle of the field. Um, they got tested physically too. I thought the Dragons probably beat them up in the middle of the field. I thought the Dragons probably did end up winning that battle in the middle of the field. Um, the best thing that's happened to the Dragons, which, uh, which took forever and took Hook going, is fresh blood. And this is what I've said a lot, a lot, and you said a lot when uh, Gump was on the show, but... By the time you're 30, 40, 50 NRL games in, you're exposed. You know what they bring to the table. And if you're not bringing it by then, yeah. you may as well bring someone else in. And now we've got uh, – well, Billy Burns has been playing fantastic. Dan Russell uh, and awesome. the Couchmans, yeah. Mulhauser, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and both Molos being on the field, uh, uh, bringing physicality and actually some – they're fresh. They're not they're – not, um, The brothers were good. Mm, but they're not, um, they're not weighed down with – the taint of the last few years are coming in and they've got points to prove. And I think, I think that sometimes there needs to be, and this is the problem with long-term contracts. Sometimes obviously you sign your best players in the comp long-term contracts, but yeah, of course, to be honest, some of the, the NRL would be a better place if your mid-level and below contracts were one and two year deals and you cycled through fresh blood and you moved on. Yeah. You're pretty right there. I think, Mm. um, yeah, it was just at the end of the day, it was the big name players for the the Rabbitohs that got them out of shit. It, um, they could have easily lost lost this game, and um, yeah, I thought the the Dragons did really well to contain the middle of the field for as long as they did. Um, they were tough. Just they need one or two more X factor players in that side. And yeah, they have, you know, Sloan's got the potential, but doesn't seem to do it often enough. Um, they were missing Lomax, which doesn't help. Sully's just seemed to be stuck in that one channel all all year and you'd really like to see him go looking for the ball a little bit more, but it doesn't happen. So the best X factor they got is the winger now. Yeah, rather. Yeah. Killing it. Sully was the best of the back five. Um Molo and Little were okay. Laurie, Dan Russell and Couchman's uh times two, they were very good. Um Hunt tried really hard but just couldn't get him over the line, obviously. 
Graham and Milne were strong for the Rabbits. Cook and Murray were very good, as they generally are most weeks. Um, tell us, Duncan, again, very good in 36 minutes that he played. Um, really comes in and has a go, that young fellow. Something about him. And uh, Keon, Kulamatangi, Walker and Latrell were fantastic. They were the three best players on the field, I thought. But this is where, as we say, this is where you swap. If those three to swap teams, the other team pisses in. It's, um, yeah, absolutely. This is where the comp's at. <laughs> I'd walk with the three, Keon with the two, and then Trell or um, Ben Hunt, if you were feeling generous for Ben Hunt, but I'd give it to Trill. I, I had Trill too, but I'm happy with that. I, I'd agree the other way, otherwise. Um, but because I don't think they win if he's not in the field, but we'll go with that and move on. True. I must be feeling sorry yeah, for you tonight, Barn. The amount of work Keon went through. Uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't disagree. Uh, the th- 30 to 22, the West Tigers went down to the Warriors in a one of the nearly the game of the round, actually. Pretty good game of footy, uh, in terms of closeness and with a few other certain decisions and things going the other way. It might have been different, but Warriors held on. Uh, we watched it here, I watched it here as I was cooking eight tons of meat. Um, <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Barn, as uh, for yes. young Elijah's birthday. That was good times. But thirty kilos of barbecued meat. There was <laughs> we were still eating it last Wednesday, but anyway, <laughs> no, today's Wednesday, last Tuesday. But um, it, was, it was a good night had by all. Unfortunately, the result went the wrong way for me, but I, I can't felt the outfit and a little bit of luck. It goes the other way. Uh, what did the stats say? We had four tries to five, three out of four conversions for the Tigers. Played four out of five for the Warriors. Uh, one out of one penalty attempt for the Warriors. 72% completion played 76%. 456-plus running metres and 152-plus post-contact metres for the Warriors. Five line breaks to six. 33 tackle bust to 39. Eight offloads to four. One force dropout from the Warriors. 362 tackles played 274. 15 errors to 10. 11 penalties conceded to five. Three ruck infringements to one. One inside the 10 uh, against the Tigers, two against the Warriors. Laurie with 98 supercoach points, Fanua Blake with 98, and Torhu Harris with 87. Yeah, well, I'll let you go first. <laughs> no worries. Um, really good start from the Warriors, getting on the front foot very early. Um pretty much from the first set of the game. And the middle of the Tigers' defence was looking really brittle for that first 15 minutes. They um, didn't look like it was going to be a pretty comfortable win, but they, they got that middle back together there for big parts of the rest of the game. Um, one or two crucial drives that were really soft, I thought. Um, the Fenor Blake and the Torhu Harris, I know they were good passes, but you, you can't have one can't guy missing way. the tackle by that far and nobody else standing around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you go back and have a look at those, Laurie seemed to be the really only, only the real attacking option for the Tigers for the at least in the first half. He's um some of his runs in that first half were fantastic and obviously led directly to points. Um, got some nice footwork and a bit of pace. Well, uh, it's funny because he seems to suit that running six role. I, th- I feel like he was. Um, it's it's so weird, eh? Because for what he's done the last two well, weeks... that was all the talk before the season started, was he was going to play him at six from the start of the year. Yeah. It, and that uh, happened. Well, he got injured. I feel like he's been carried injured a lot of it, because even when he went back to reserve grade, there wasn't... Yeah, maybe. He wasn't doing this. Um, 
But since he's come to first grade, apart from some of his – he tried to fit too much of a slot that first game back. But those last two weeks where he's just become a running 5'8", he's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and he's got pace around him, which he didn't really have. So I suspect there was a bit – there was a groin and a hamstring or something along the way. Uh, but it's really Probably, weird because yeah. he's now – he couldn't get back to Penrith quick enough. And honestly, he <laughs> probably just tripled his value in the last two weeks. And now he's just being flung back to reserve grade to um, play a couple of games play when Edwards has a rest and play origin time. So he probably ends up playing a dozen games for him. But And if that's where his heart is, like, good luck to him. But uh, you would have liked to have seen a crack, a genuine six-week crack with earlier in the year when, they, when the Tigers were playing well because he would have bought points to a team that needed it. Uh, and all of those efforts was, were off the back foot counter-attacking against some, some tight edges, uh, and they were very good. Uh, it created some lovely tries, the Tigers. Um, I think they'd be probably pretty disappointed because some of the um, the softer tries that the, the Warriors scored, you keep them out, you probably win this game. Uh, yep, they, you're right. Wouldn't um, be a wouldn't be a Warriors game without DWZ trying to do backflips and somersaults <laughs> and gymnastics in the corner for a try, <laughs> which happened again. Which was one. declared um, without even che- again. Honestly, didn't even check it. <laughs> If that was on the other the side, there would have been 87. If that was the other way around, there would have been 87 looks. They would have found a camera from uh, the bloke with the, the iPhone in the third row just to prove it wasn't. And uh, within 20 seconds, it was confirmed. Anyway, different if you need John it. Johnson's passing game, again, was at its selective best. Uh, he just seems to hit the blokes exactly when they need <laughs> to be hit with the ball on the chest. Um I mentioned they'd be pretty disappointed with a couple of the the, uh, the Warriors tries. They were they were they were good, and the Warriors were a little bit flat, had opportunities to pinch it, but um, yeah, they literally just left the front door open for those two tries at the back end of the game, which sealed it through Fanua Blake and Torhu Harris. Um, Even the first try when Barnett goes through untouched for yep. Metcalf, like that yeah, should be shouldn't happen at this level. No, definitely not. Stefano and Stafford were good. Floor, Appy and Bateman had very good games. Um, Papali'i and Laurie were fantastic for the Tigers. Uh, that's uh, He's been really consistent lately, Papali'i. Uh, he's come back to some of his best form in the last last month, maybe two. Barnett and Ford were strong. Uh, both their halves were very good. Torhu was like, he was better than good. Like, he was just to- Torhu good. He what is he does Torhu. every week. He's yeah. just Torhu good. No tribal chief. And um, Vanua Blake was brilliant. He was everywhere, 270 running metres, I think it was. I'll get to them stats later when someone's going to get a salute. <laughs> Fair enough, too. Fair enough, too. Uh, someone like Blake, three points, game. Harris with two, and I gave Laurie one. I thought he was I think, tremendous I think that's in the beat side. But uh, just quick thoughts on Stefano sin bidding after Appy copped a broken jaw and it wasn't even a penalty. <laughs> I have no idea what's oh, going Billy on. Oh, Billy Smith in the next the, game. That... With these con- continued sin bins, and they seem to come out of nowhere. I don't know if they just pick, they get the shits with somebody, somebody, one of the, somebody on the Tigers have said something to the ref, and he's just cracked the shits and gone, fuck it, you, you can go. And yeah, it just, it seems very selective with what they do, and it doesn't make well, a lot of sense. In the, an hour later, Billy Smith looked much, much worse, raising the elbow into, uh, Zarko, and yeah, it was just it was good. just a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's 
I have issues with. I guess it's probably because Stefano's forearm's twice as big as Billy Smith's, I guess, maybe. Well, <laughs> but, well and, but you're not wrong because apparently, as he said, that's what was taken into account with Luai. So if you're a back, yeah, right, if you're okay. just a little back, go and flog people in the head, you'd be sweet. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was proud of Tiger's effort. What do you say? You're going to run last? What's it all mean? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, all I'll say is I think that ultimately, if, if all things were equal, they're better than the wooden spoon team, but by better, I mean like what, 13th. <laughs> Maybe a win or two, yeah. Yeah, but like I I think they'll be. They should have won. They should have probably won twice as many games as they won this Oh, no, year, well, that's without even saying that. Like they'd, they'd lap Canterbury and they'd go close to, at their best, they should beat Dragons, but they didn't. Actually, I don't Canterbury either. Uh, but they should, you know, anyway, we'll save this for the <laughs> review. Whatever, who cares, move on. This club sucks. and um, But at least I'm, we're going to be in the Chairman's Lounge this week, so say hi to us, everyone over there. Yeah, absolutely. should be a good weekend. Hopefully we're both um, back to full health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get around, on. getting amongst Nothing it. Nothing a couple of beers can't fix. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. The dollar. talk my language. Yeah. Give me a couple of minutes, please, mate. Yes, I will. All righty, lectures ahoy over here. We've got 30 to 14 uh, Chooks and the Dolphins on Saturday Night Barnes Stats. Yep. Went five tries to two, five out of five conversions, played two out of two, and one out of one penalty attempts for the Dolphins. 76% completion played 88%, 260-plus running metres and 70-plus post-contact metres for the Roosters. 10 line breaks to four, 57 tackle busts for the Roosters, 34 for the Dolphins. 13 offloads to 12, three force dropouts to two, 342 tackles played, 343. 11 errors to nine, seven penalties conceded to six, one ruck infringement against both teams, one inside the 10 against the Dolphins, and a sin bin for the Dolphins. Hutchinson with 130 supercoach points, another one I never thought I would say. <laughs> Nat Butcher with 95 plus one more rooster before you get to Jared Wallace on 81 Supercoach points. Sounds like no stats of this. Should have been a close game. Should have been. It was a strange game, this one. The Dolphins yeah. seemed to control the roosters pretty comfortably for 95% of that first half. Um, they just weren't able to break open the defence often enough. Uh, I thought they probably should have been leading by about 20 at half time uh, with the amount of ball they had and uh, what they were doing against the roosters. Um, but they go and grab a try right on to half time, last minute of the first half. Um, and it goes in at 8 6 at half time. Uh, nice little try, too, with Teddy skirting around the outside of somebody and Manu cutting back through, uh, back on his inside. But a um, couple of minutes into the second half, and then the Roosters go and throw about 4,000 passes in, in one set of, in one tackle. We'll go from one side of the field back to the other side, and then Billy Smith just looked like he'd shot four or five Dolphins players because they were just <laughs> all laying on the ground <laughs> right next to him as he ran past them <laughs> to score in the corner. And that was pretty much the end of end of that. The Dolphins' defense absolutely fell apart. They made look um, Drew Hutchinson look like the second coming of Joey Johns there at the, <laughs> the back end of this game. He was just stepping inside and outside people with blokes rushing up or just standing completely still like a statue. Um, he grabbed himself a double. And just putting his head down, running straight at him and a couple of steps. And, um, yeah, he broke probably three or four tackles both times that he scored a try as well. And it was just blokes just falling off left, right and centre. Well, it was the same, in the, at the same time, Nat Butcher suddenly looked like Gordon Tallis. So 
<laughs> did, absolutely. Or um, glove in hand there. Uh, as I guess uh, the wheel, well, the gas tank did splutter out again. But he was good, Butcher. Uh, he's one you hadn't mentioned yet. And I thought. Fantastic. Um, yeah. some good um, lines and did through his usual absolute mountain of defensive work again. Beautiful little um, flick pass from Jared Wallace to finish the game off yeah. to put Tosako over in the corner. Shades of Matt Gidley from the big fella as he's fallen down. Beautiful. He's good for that. He's done that, I think, twice in three weeks. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's been really good for them uh, recently in the last month or so. Been Definitely been the best of their forwards. But um, I thought the HIA to Lemuelu really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going really good up until that. 25th minute mark or whatever it was when he got knocked out. Oh, and apparently uh, Wayne was not happy because I did end up sitting and watching the... Uh, apparently he was fine. Apparently it was yeah. a Category 1 from the bunker. Uh, I'm right. paraphrasing here, so don't don't quote me from what's come out since, but the bunker ordered the Category 1, not the doctor, and he thought he, he could have continued. Yeah, okay. So Wayne was not happy. Hasn't been, has he been named this week? No, because it's Category 1, he's been doesn't get a chance. Oh, yeah, Category 1, so he uh, can't, can't. But he thought yeah. that he could have um, could have potentially come back. Got back into the game. Yeah. Yeah, right. Would have helped him. Um, Which I didn't realise. I just assumed it was, you know, apparently Bunker can do that, just order you off the field for the sake yeah, of doing right. it. Which does open up in, in really, a world where we, really we just point out every other thing the Bunker can't understand. Doesn't open up a world of corruption if you suddenly just turn around to grand final and say, mm, clear he's category one in the head. Anyway, that would never happen <laughs> in our final game. It's a big word game. to be throwing around. <laughs> Shouldn't, I, I, that is all alleged and absolute extreme case in a parallel universe. Would never happen. <laughs> I thought Stone and Osako were, were strong performers, as was Zoe Sullivan. They had a, quite a good game. Uh, Nichols and Wallace were tremendous for the Dolphins in the middle of the field, but... The rest of them probably weren't worth feeding, to be honest. Um, Manu, Teddy and Radley were all good. Uh, Billy Smith and Sawali were very good. I thought Terrell May, again, was awesome. Yeah, he only he played 39 had, minutes, well, but he did a earlier, shit ton of meters in 40 minutes. Is, yeah. um, he do, I don't think he missed a tackle. I think his defense was good too. Let me just have a look. Uh, 26 yeah, tackles, no misses, one in effect. And an intercept. He was brilliant. He yeah. has had something about him for a couple of years, and he just hasn't really got going. But as I said, in a world of exposed players, it, maybe it's time to just back some of these blokes. Give him a give him a fair crack, yeah, because he he was awesome in the thirty nine minutes he was out there. And we already mentioned the top two, uh, Hutchinson and Matt Butcher. They they were uh, awesome in this game and uh, really blew it apart for the for the Roosters. And Hutchinson with three, um, Butcher with two, and then. I gave May the the one. Yeah, I'm okay with or that. Or you, you could give it to Wallace if you're feeling generous towards the Dolphins. He was awesome in a beaten team. But just the amount of work that kid got through in 39 minutes was astounding. I'm okay with all that again. Mm-hmm. We got to Sunday afternoon and finally... Wow. A couple of slaughters. Do I want to say that... Okay, how, what's the best way? To, were the Raiders finally exposed? Uh, the wheels falling off? Like, I don't. You don't fluke your way into the top six, but geez, they fluked their way in the top six. I thought along the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the carnival's over now, surely. It's going to be interesting how they go. They're, they're going to have to hold it together for the next three weeks. Um, you know who they got in two? They got the dogs this week, but um, Brisbane off a bye. <laughs> they play. 
That could be and seven. Cronulla in the last round. Yeah. So, they, they, they got the dogs yeah. at the right time. They did, but stranger things have happened. Um, where were we? Nine tries to zero. Six out of nine conversions. One out of one penalty attempts for Canberra. 78% completion played 66. 702 plus running metres and 120 plus post-contact metres for the Storm. 10 line breaks to zilch. 52 tackle busts to 25. 12 offloads to 10. One force dropout from the Storm. 264 tackles played 340. 12 errors from both teams. Six penalties conceded from both sides. Two ruck infringements to three. Two inside the 10 against the Raiders. And two Simbins for Canberra. Meany with 120 supercoach points. Grant with 110. And you had Is seven other Storm players before you got the Horsburgh on 58. Harry's had a run, hasn't he? Uh, hasn't I'm shocked he he's only 110. I didn't study this week, but I was... I just thought he'd be 140. So, uh, he got turn, 20 minutes off, I think. Turns out he's good at uh, being a dummy half. He got, didn't he get a rest for the 20 he minutes? He started off. That's probably why. He started off the field. Oh, uh, yeah, he started off the bench. This was physical for all of about... Five, ten minutes? I was going to say 12 minutes first try. <laughs> yeah, just before that. And then it was just... It was it really so kicked off. When, cakes, but sorry, you go. Yeah, Grant and um, Grant and Hughes really started running the ball, which sort of started causing lots of problems for Canberra's defensive line. Then they um, they upped the speed of the play, of the ball really upped the tempo, and Canberra did hold on for another fifteen minutes or so. But um, ten minutes, half an hour into the first half, it just completely fell apart. We've both been saying it for the last couple of weeks. We've been expecting something similar to this. I didn't think it'd probably be this bad, but the Raiders have been looking tired for weeks. Um, I mentioned probably, I think it was two weeks ago, I thought they needed a week off. They could probably do with the two-month holiday at the moment, the way that they looked after this game. Um, they might get one if they keep playing this way. They were, um, yeah, they were horrible for the last... 50 minutes and, of this And game. where that really shines through is your defensive line. And if you're sluggish and half broken in defense for 60 minutes, I know one bloke I wouldn't want touching the ball every every play of the ball, and that's Harry Grant. Harry Grant. He, he absolutely throwing, throwing feasted on a carcass here. He was, this was A-grade Harry Grant. This, this was the second best performance of the weekend after uh, the Broncos. Uh, everything he touched was yeah, gold. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he support and that you know, we get your support play, everything else around it. But just the fact he makes he makes that slow ten look like fifteen or twenty in a heartbeat. And by the time he's at the line, he's got Hughes or Munster popping up next to him, and all of a sudden you're backpedaling uh, someone capable of breaking a tackle anyway. And you've got two fantastic running halves outside. Uh, and now and now they're getting a little bit of cavalry back with dangerous centers like Seve coming back. So. Uh, Mm-hmm. This was this was lambs to the slaughter for a great part. I don't know the thinking behind not starting Harry. Whether that's now a plan. Whether that's what he likes. Maybe he likes it. Maybe, maybe it's just to freshen him up for finals. Um, I, I couldn't imagine he's not an eighty-minute player, and I, I know he's not. But um, his impact here was phenomenal, all but flattered. Uh, the forwards all came to play. Lorero was good. I thought he was very good. Welsh He's very good. Uh, has had a had a good season, and this was one of his better efforts. Uh, and obviously Nelson chimed in with plenty at the right time. Yeah, um, they as they look completely cooked by the end of this game. Um, their effort just up and left at halftime. 
They left it in the sheds and just <laughs> Melbourne ran roughshod over them in that second half. A um, couple you didn't mention, I thought uh, King was good, yes. as was Seve and Katoa. They, they had good good games. The halves were fantastic. Uh, it speaks for itself. And Meany, Meany absolutely killed it as well. Um, for the Raiders, White and Tarpanay put in a decent effort and Horsburgh's 60 minutes was the best of the Raiders, but I couldn't mention another one of them. No, I wouldn't even bother. Uh, say, I, I, I will now give serious thought when we do the preview show in about twenty minutes to tipping Bulldogs. To be honest, but uh, I've already had that discussion with myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, what do you say? They, I think they cement top four, and probably rightfully so. I think the top four absolutely looks like where it's headed, and what they've had to carry, and what the alleged new Once stock again, is. Tip yeah. them to miss the, the top four and <laughs> it looks like I'm gonna be wrong. Yeah. Again. But that's I've had the pretty much the whole season being wrong, so lucky we've done this show for so long, eh? Yeah. I do uh, have I do have some decent performances in the previous years, but <laughs> this year's been a bit rough. Uh can't all just tip uh, you know, sixty out of the last sixty three or something, but you know. Uh. <laughs> sure at myself. Uh, Harry, well, the other thing is you're now getting to the stage where clutch players win games and you can get into these 12 and 18 point tussles where this team can pull out, where Munster can, can score that sort of try in a in a grand final where he somehow just gets scored, runs over untouched or brushes yep. off a second rower and all of a sudden... He's done that oh, a couple shit. of times in the last few uh, weeks as well. Yeah, that, that's that. he's got the world's slowest dummy, but everyone buys it. It's... um. I think what did Vossi was it Vossi calling? Either Vossi or Aaron Smith described it as a Steve Smith leave. It's like everyone knows it's coming, but they they don't know what to do about it. Uh, <laughs> Meany has been good, and I'd be very interested. I can't imagine them not playing him at one for the rest of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Pappy off the bench in the next fortnight. Yeah, absolutely. You just have to have him there if you, if they got him fit. Probably, I'd say one more game. Um, and you'd, you'd be seeing him coming back into the bench spot there somewhere. Yeah, give him 10 minutes from dummy half and just if, he, if he's as quick as he has been. Uh, again, I don't follow Queensland Cup as closely as uh, some others do, but if he is, then that becomes a scary prospect. Uh, their forward pack can still get dominated, and we know how far behind Pinot they are, but they're also capable of just that early spread and just getting right out of a forward battle if, if they're smart. So yeah. that's a little bit scary. Um, three to Harry, where you going next? Yep, uh, Meanie Munster. Yeah, I think Lions. that's about right. And Jerome Hughes would be unfortunate to miss out. Uh, 42-6, uh, I think it's now, what, 100, and, 100 to 6 or something? Nights over the Bulldogs the last 160 minutes? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they 66 play, or something last time, wasn't 66, it? 66, so what's that, 108 plays 6 in the last... Hundred and sixty minutes of this dog's team that uh, was done no favours because again, uh, officials you know don't particularly like the bottom four teams, but uh, not that I don't think this would have the made defense a difference. Was atrocious, though. This, this was woeful here. What did the stats say? Seven tries to one, six out of seven conversions, one out of one for the dogs, one out of one penalty attempts for Newcastle, seventy-seven percent completion played, sixty-seven percent, five hundred and twenty-seven plus run metres and 135-plus post-contact metres for the Newcastle side, seven line breaks to one, 55 tackle busts to 26, 15 offloads to six, 
One force dropout from the Bulldogs side. 310 tackles played 361. 13 errors to 16. Three penalties conceded to four. One ruck infringement to four. One inside the 10 against the Bulldogs. Two sin bins for the Bulldogs. Gay Guy with 97 supercoach points. Thompson with 88. And Leo Thompson, that is. And Reed Marnie with 82. Start with the good stuff. Uh, very good again, Newcastle. Uh, despite losing Hastings there, their forwards are now in a great groove. Their outside backs are in a better groove. That left edge looks good. Uh, but Pong is in. I'm saying it again, hey, no nine form here. This run's going. They win nine straight into a final. Look out. I don't think the. I thought the dogs pretty much gifted Newcastle five of these tries, to be oh, honest. Well, there's that too, because there was in, complete laughing straight for like, the I really think that Newcastle probably only created two of these tries, and the rest of them were just absolute gifts from this Bulldogs defense. It was dogs to the slaughter, mate. They were physical for about five minutes and then rolled over for belly rubs. <laughs> the middle defence was as poor as I've seen from anyone this year. Like the blokes, and then you get two blokes in binned in the space of what was it, 15 minutes or something. Add some more holes in the defence for Newcastle to pick at. But um, some of these tries were just people standing there as big forwards ran straight past them and scored underneath the post or next to the posts. There was some really not. There was a oh, couple actually, of really sorry, nice I just, offloads. Um, that sorry, just, you just ruined the things, plant. No? Sorry, carry on. Yeah, mate. Okay. <laughs> no, those first, those, those first two tries were embarrassing. To have yeah, kick, kick out, out and Thompson, kick out, stand in there both times. Straight between the pair. Not of even them. an effort between them. So you just remind me of the pot plant. But carry on. Um, yeah, there's some just some ridiculously soft tries in this game. Uh, the only real two highlights for the dogs were Reed's little barge over from dummy half and um, Reed's effort with the uh, referee to... was a highlight because he wasn't <laughs> wrong. He was not wrong once. Uh, uh, and there's this thing now, uh, and I've noticed the referees start doing whether whether I just become conscious of it. The other the thing the refs start doing now is going, "Oh yeah, you're right," but ten minutes, <laughs> like they just like they just don't engage. They just go, like the, the game should be at a point where they shouldn't be allowed to even talk to them because it doesn't add anything. Just Probably. just bar them from no, talking no, to the refs. It never does anything because it's now farcical. Every it, tour who does it every week, but everything Reed said. There's some dickheads. But everything Reed said, he was not wrong in most of his complaints, and it was just, oh, I know, but guess what? I don't care. Too bad. Yeah. And um, Kikau trying to practice origami using Phoenix Crossland's body as a, <laughs> as a bit of folding paper. There was some pretty fine folding going on there. He absolutely <laughs> flattened the poor boy. Well, he's um, he owed him one. He owed him a couple. So, I'm I'm just lost on how to say much else about it. To There's be honest, much, really. Yeah, the Knights, as I mentioned, created maybe two of the tries. Dogs' defence was absolute garbage. Um, Kiraz, King and Burton were okay for the Dogs. Waddell was decent, but yeah, Reed was the best Bulldog out there by a mile. 90% of the Knights were very good. Like 90% of that 17 were very good. Ponga, Ponga Gamble and Thompson were, were standouts, um, as was Adam Elliott. And I thought Gay Guy was brilliant in this. Adam Elliott's had his oh, best yeah. two. He's now put together two really good games. He's he's yes. coming along very very well. Well, finally hit his traps is a better term to say. Yeah, um, yeah and I thought Gay Guy he, he dead set had spiders on him. They couldn't touch him at times. So Twelve, thirteen tackle busts, hit ton of meters, um, scored a try. I think he set one or two up as well. He was fantastic. How do we analyze it? Yeah, good for Newcastle. Keep going. Good luck to him. 
Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. They're going to, they, they want to be better up against some of these other teams. Obviously, they played the Bulldogs, but um, they did what they needed to do, got the job done pretty efficiently and um, got away, hopefully, by the looks of it, without any real injuries to um, come out of the game. So that's really all you want is to try and well, keep the squad as fit as possible. One. Yeah, well, he's still apparently 50 50 to play this week. Yeah. So, um, as of they they cannot win a finals game without him. With him, I think Wouldn't they're a sniff. I mean, ultimately, unless you finish eighth, you play Penrith, you're a sniff anywhere else. Uh, oh, I gave Gay Guy three points. Okay. I had um, Gamble with two. I yeah, thought yeah. he was um, tremendous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, he's um, really, his support play off the back of any, like the forwards because they were busting busting through the middle so often. He was generally the guy that was in there yeah. with that support play. Um, and he's he got that rail nice really down pat. He, he almost plays... Holes. He plays the direct fullback while Kalen plays the sweep in the five yes, eight. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and he um, if he plays if they get this correct next year, he could be the leading point score try scorer for, of five eights in the comp if they stick with this overseas. Does real well following, yeah, following the big guys around yeah. doing that inside support and outside support. Yeah. I thought Leo Thompson was brilliant. I was about to was say between I think, him and Ponga that I, for the I one keep point giving Thompson. For mine, but, and yeah. I don't know whether in my head he was flat or whether you're going to say he's flattered, but um, I, no, I don't think so. Leo I, Thompson was great. He's, been, he's actually been really good for them. Um, with you know the Saifidi sort of mixing and matching their form and being in and out with injury, um, he's really stepped up this year and he's become one of their um, their main targets as a front rower. So absolutely, um, so well deserved. He's one point there. That probably gets him to one point in tag EMs. I would say so, yes. Uh, no, I think we might have given him one somewhere else. But uh, I, I'm i going to roll the next section into the slap, but it it has really shipped me lately. And, and we've gone four years without talking about officiating. But the standard of the bunker, uh, especially in this game and a couple of others, in, in this game the decision-making was was mind-blowing to, toward Leo that knock on try that has been disallowed since Jesus was in the major. Uh, it's almost like they were going out of the way to be contentious in this. Uh, and it shits me. Be- uh, doesn't and shit you hear me. them talk. You hear them explain their way through it, and but they're like, wrong. You're fucking wrong. And, and, <laughs> but, and you know, three <laughs> words in you're wrong. that, you know, the minute the fucking first word comes out of their mouth, they're wrong, but it annoys me because I hate to say it. They're pushing women in the bunker, and this is a knock on women. I would be happy if all fucking eight referees, if they're the best referees in the comp, were all women. But a knock on a person. <laughs> yeah, but it is a couple of people. Uh, and I saw it. Yep. I saw a decision that was awarded. It was given double movement and uh, was awarded a try that disallowed a try that was a try from in the RLW game. It's a different story. Um, but oh, in yeah, all walks true. of life, all I ask for is merit. So I'm fine with. I love. You know, if you're the best 10 commentators and they're female, great. If you're the best 10 referees, great. I saw a fantastic refereeing performance from uh, the Brazilian referee in last night's uh, Cup, uh, Edina Batista. She was fantastic. Um, but you can't then put them in the bunker and grade them on a curve because you can't tell me if anyone else was in the bunker in that Newcastle Dogs game, they would have a job this week. You wouldn't think so, no. It was appalling. Uh, and then for Annesley to come out again and say, oh, well, they should, if everyone just laid off the refs, fuck off. Like, honestly, this will rip off a team 
uh, in a finals game. Unfortunately, it won't be Penrith or Brisbane because they get all the rub. But it will rip off a team uh, before the season's over and cost them a spot in a grand final. Mark my words. And, and they've allowed it to happen. They've allowed it to happen and it shits me. Um, yeah. You know, it, anyway. I, I was so angry watching that and it happened a couple of times across the weekend. Why not just put the same bloke? Why not just say to Ashley Klein, you're the bunker forever and that's it? And he might suck at it because he does. But <laughs> at least leaving. he's at least he's consistent. At least I know. There was decisions in that Newcastle game get it, the same, that were yeah. different in the different half. Yeah. The same thing happened twenty minutes later like and they were different minutes decision. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Um, Poor old Chris. My Goffin. slap was the the dog's optional defense. They were fifty five <laughs> missed tackles. They, they just Pick and chose when they decided they wanted to try and make a tackle, and um, I think half the time they didn't want to make a tackle. So, okay, cool. Um, well, let's get let's query bar in between. Actually, let's have a good one in between. Let's go with a salute here, Barn. Rightio. So one try, twenty four hit ups, twenty seven runs, two hundred and seventy running meters, eighty post contact, six tackle bus, twelve. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Oh, sorry, six tackle bus, one line break, one offload, 27 tackles and two misses. Sarah <laughs> Togatuki. Oh, what? <laughs> Adam Fanua Blake, an absolute massive performance for the Warriors up against awesome. your blokes. Awesome. And, you know, isn't that kudos to the Tigers that we're recognising that effort? Because without him, they probably don't win that game. So kudos, very, whatever that's worth anymore, difficult. kudos to them. Uh, I'm going to salute uh, Wade Graham, actually. 250 games. Yeah, nice. And I just thought everything about that, it was a nice moment uh, to score with his family and, and the raps came out after. So I think in a week where it's hard for me to just wrap the best teams, I might just go outside the box slightly. Obviously, go back. If you haven't watched a game of footy and you just want to watch a slaughter and you're not one of those people that hate Brisbane, which I understand, uh, go back and watch that Brisbane game. It's a lot of fun. It was uh, fun watch. Uh, wait, wait, at least I guess you were a um, uh, Parramatta fan. Yeah, yeah, and, or them too. Uh, pot plant. We need to finish on a pot plant this week. Yeah. Um, what's, what's Young Hass from the Titans? Um, what's his name? Keenan Hass, is it? No. Uh, I'll find it. Uh, I want to say Isaiah. Oh, the palms are in front. Pretty sure it starts with a K. Oh, no, I'm thinking the others for Sue Miley. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I know you're talking about now. We'll go and find him. Where was he? There he is. Cleese. He, had, he only played 15 minutes, so it's a bit hard to give the bloke a pot plant for 15 minutes of footy. But in that 15 minutes, Cleese has... He had one run for two metres and made four tackles. <laughs> what the fuck? Surely you can get a little bit more involved in that 15 minutes. Unless he was carrying an injury that I didn't notice, um, which is possible considering he only got 15 minutes. But, yeah, one run for two metres and four tackles. Put a pot plan out there. Do we know if um, – did the Poms start outsiders in this World Cup game? No, but okay. they start on favourites. Yeah, no, sure. rightfully so. I should have had a crack. I thought sometimes a tab does weird stuff and tries to get Australia on, but they didn't. Anyway, uh, I'm going to so give. They it scored, a did they? Yeah, yeah, they had one in the corner. 
Treble oh, right. coming up here, yeah. Josh Schuster, because he just should be a pop plant. He, he is <laughs> tailor-made. I'm going to start calling him Groot next season, uh, honestly. That game. And uh, Kikau, I'm going to also double down and give it to Viliami Kikau, who had very little yep. interest in defending for much of that game, oh, apart from that nice mm. hit you mentioned earlier. Uh, that was poor uh, Luke Thompson, first game back, so he just gets... I guess seated <laughs> next week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if he get picked, I haven't looked yet. Uh, anything, any here? Anything else? Oh wait, that's it for me. All right, we've got a preview, so stick around. We're gonna the preview show will be up as well at the moment. Uh, if you're on YouTube, leave us some feedback. Tell us we're wrong. Uh, tell us we're right. That's always nice. Buy some merch at rugbyleaguemerch.com. And of course, subscribe. We'll be back uh, by the time you've watched this. You'll be able to find a preview as well. Take care, guys. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.